0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. A number of opportunities for master's level pharmacologists exist in the pharmaceutical industry, biotechnology companies, government agencies research laboratories, and academic programs. Introducing the Master of Science in Pharmacology program from the University of California, Irvine, UCI. The knowledge acquired in the Master of Science in Pharmacology program would also benefit those seeking employment in industry or advancement in teaching, technical and scientific writing, patenting, or pharmaceutical sales and marketing. Fall registration is now open. Apply today at sites.uci.edu slash MS Pharmacology to learn more and reserve your seat by June 15th, 2020. That's sites.uci.edu slash MS Pharmacology and reserve your seat today. The deadline is June 15th, 2020.
1: So... Today is going to be an awesome episode because I am joined by um, a good friend of mine who I haven't talked to in, in, in a little bit. It's been a minute. Uh, this is Major Dylan Bryant of the U.S. Air Force. He is a pharmacist in the United States Air Force. Uh, Major, thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. This is uh, I think it's going to be a fun interview.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh so just to give a little background, uh the major and I uh served together on on a on a deployment recently and we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about that uh later in the episode. Uh we were able to to help a lot of people, uh set up a little a little mobile pharmacy and uh and see a lot of people and and do a lot of good stuff. So, just by way of introduction, uh, Major Bryant is a pharmacist for the United States Air Force, and he practices uh, pharmacy in the state of Kansas. He's uh, he's a member of the the Colorado National Guard, Air National Guard, and that's uh, that's kind of how me and him hooked up. Um, my unit here in Salt Lake City and his unit g- got tasked to deploy together to uh, a country in Africa and. And, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So, uh, Major Bryant, if you just by starting off, if you could just tell us uh, kind of what you do uh, as a pharmacist and, and, you know, how you've gotten to where you're at in your career. Yeah, so um,
2: I've definitely had a pretty wide and varied uh, uh, experience or career in pharmacy so far. Um, currently, I work as a relief pharmacist to – Rural Western Kansas. Um, I float around between independent pharmacies on the community side. Uh, I do work with a couple chains, um, most notably like our our Kroger brand store here in Kansas. And uh, I also backfill at our hospital some uh, as far as uh, um, just just as they need it. And so I do that on the civilian side and, and kind of bounce around and build my own schedule. And then on the military side, uh, I work with a disaster relief unit where we're called a SURF-P unit, which is a, uh, simply put, a no notice response team to any kind of disaster that includes biological, chemical, or nuclear warfare agents. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I do now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, where did, you, where did you kind of start off in pharmacy?
2: Yeah, so uh, I started off in pharmacy uh, – Back in 2006 when I was just still an undergrad and I was looking for a job uh, and I was really interested in pharmacy and so I, I just kind of applied everywhere and ended up getting a job as a technician um, with kind of a major chain, and worked with them for quite a while and then I, I got into pharmacy school in 2008 and, and stayed as an intern there in, in the retail setting. The, Interesting thing is, is I thought that I was just going to continue that realm and and go on into retail after pharmacy school. But uh, one day they announced that they were having a career fair, I think it was my second year in pharmacy school. And I wasn't really planning on going because I'd already figured I knew where I was going to end up. But we got excused from some classes, uh, some kind of uh, free excusals, if we went to this career fair. that was actively interviewing. And so people went very dressed up. I honestly just went in like t-shirts and shorts just, just to get the <laughs> free day and, and and to get some free pens. I wasn't thinking anything
1: <laughs> for the, for the swag, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Like I was just like, Hey, free day. I signed my paper. I, I showed up, I'm doing my thing. Um, and so I ended up uh, seeing the uh, air force recruiter table. Uh, wasn't really many people around, so I started talking to them. I had some family that was military and, had some buddies in the Air Force that never really thought about it on the medical side. So I just started talking like, hey, what are you doing here? And so he started telling me about military pharmacy and, and what they had to offer and the, the kind of things that he was kind of pushing there. And he pushed the, the what's called the Health Professional Scholarship Program. So I came home after this career fair, after talking with uh, this recruiter for half a day, and I look at my wife and I go, what do you think if I join the Air Force? Um, and the funny thing, both my wife and my parents and everybody at home is, you know, isn't the military something you go into when you don't know what you want to do? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was kind of a foreign thought uh, of going in, you know, after you've received a, a doctorate level education um, to then uh, join. But, uh, you know, I kind of told her that we can travel a little bit, we can – tried some different things and she was fully supportive. So I applied for that program and got accepted. So after I graduated pharmacy school, I went right into active duty, went down to training in Alabama and then to my first duty station out at Beale Air Force Base in California, sorry. And um, there I served as chief of pharmacy of their uh, outpatient side. They had a little ambulatory clinic there Service both active duty members, their dependents, and retirees of the area. So I ran that. I also was the lead clinical pharmacist. I ran a few disease state clinics uh, there at Beale. Um, And then I kind of dabbed into some more uh, military things with, uh, I was was kind of a fatigue management special with both our intel squadrons and our high altitude reconnaissance program and got to do some neat things there. Spent some time up at uh, Eilson Air Force Base in Alaska, uh, working with uh, some, uh, a joint exercise that we do up there. And then also spent some time in the Mediterranean with our high altitude reconnaissance program doing some specialty missions. And at the end of my um, active duty commitment that I had, my initial commitment, there were some unforeseen things that happened back home that kind of forced us to separate at the end of the commitment from active duty. Come back home to take care of the family farm and ranch, and I went back to the uh, chain retail pharmacy, but did stay in the Air National Guard initially. I was at a unit in Delaware, um, where we we're just a mobility unit. We uh, didn't had some uh, um, no no real specific pharmacy mission. Just a small medical support squadron that supported the uh flyers and, and, and folks that were running out on missions there, and then uh, about a year after that, I felt the need to get a little closer to home to Kansas and had that spot open in the Surf P unit out at Buckley Air Force Base in Aurora, Colorado and attached onto that uh, while maintaining the retail side of it for um, a few years until about a year ago where I branched off and did this release thing so that I could kind of build my own schedule between military, farm, ranch, family life, you know, it was it, it was becoming a whole lot to try to balance all that without having much say so in my schedule and then this release gig has really given me the freedom to make sure that I'm I'm taking care of everything and, and and still, you know, enjoying what I'm doing.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds amazing. It sounds like uh it sounds like your entry into into the pharmacy world also uh opened a lot of other doors uh of of cool experiences that you've you've been able to to do throughout your life is that right
2: oh yeah yeah i've uh, i i feel very fortunate and i feel like i'm kind of one of those uh right time right place kind of guys i've got to experience some things that i never would have thought possible for most career fields let alone pharmacy um you know kind of just tried to Keep an open mind with any opportunity that came. I have, I'm fortunate. I have a a great support system at home with my wife and kids. They're they're really on board with anything that I do. So it's it's allowed me some freedom to really go and and get some cool experiences out there.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. And I I definitely appreciate everything that you do. If if uh, for those listening, if if you didn't catch that uh major bryant is also a uh, cattle rancher is that right cattle cattle rancher a farmer is is that their correct terminology a farmer is yeah the correct terminology we, we
2: raise, uh, red angus for beef i'm um, here we we manage farm but we kind of got out of the act of farming a few years ago just with changes of expenses and and scope of what we wanted to do out there but still still work the cattle we like to say get out on horses and do everything kind of the old-fashioned way and um, get get out in the middle of nowhere away from cell phones and electronics and just kind of kind of get some peace and quiet and move some cows every once in a while <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds awesome yeah that sounds like a dream come true honestly It'd be nice to be able to get out get away for a little bit <laughs> Well, um, so, so remember when you guys go to the store and, you know, pick out your steak that you're going to have because you're on quarantine and there's nothing else you can do. Remember where that came from. Uh, Major Bryant's one of those people that, uh, he's working hard to make sure that you can enjoy that with your family. So keep that in mind. Um, So speaking of experiences, uh, we talked a little bit about some experiences you've had. What are some that stand out the most in your mind? Not necessarily just from pharmacy, although if there are some pharmaceutical-related ones, that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, just throughout your career in the military and and civilian side, uh, is there anything that kind of stands out?
2: Yeah. um, So on the military side, uh, kind of even just away from pharmacy – the the general experience that really stands out is the diversity of people that you get to meet and work with in the military you know every duty station that I've been at every assignment I've been at I've been forced into a situation around people that aren't necessarily you know my normal peer group um, you know as far as uh, really any category but I've got to work with people from, every different part of the, the United States, almost every different part of the world. Um, and it, it's, it's really interesting how easy it is when everybody kind of comes in with the same direction, even despite differences, how uh, great everybody can work and get along. And I, I've learned probably more about life through the people I've worked with than any of my actual experiences. Um, but. Some of the experiences I'll, I'll kind of key on two, uh, two or three, I guess, right now that have really been memorable, and, and this is going to be kind of on the military side again. Is uh, so there was one day when I said I got to you know kind of hang out in Alaska for a little bit. It actually was by happenstance. Our functional in San Antonio gave my boss a call one day and said, "Hey, we need a pharmacist." up in Alaska tomorrow, uh, do you have anybody that would do it? And my boss said, well, you know, and Captain Bryant at the time, he goes, I think Captain Bryant would um, if we we ask him. And uh, they called me in the office and said, hey, uh, we need you on the next flight out to Alaska. We need you here by tomorrow morning. And I go, yeah, uh, you know, as long as I can take the rest of the day off and figure out what the heck to do with everything here at home. Um, My wife was actually five months pregnant at the time, so I kind of had to get her quick blessing.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of important.
2: Yeah, and they didn't really tell me what I was doing or why I was going up there, why it was so short notice. Um, And so we we cleaned up every loose end there. I went home, got everything figured out for my wife here. The plan was that she was just going to hold tight until I figured out what I was doing up there, and then we'd probably bring her up to meet me. And uh, I hopped on a flight to Alaska, Landed in Fairbanks and at about 1 AM. Got in a rental car. My One thing they don't tell you is when you get up in the interior of Alaska, uh, GPS units aren't, they don't come stocked or defaulted with maps of all of Alaska. So I thought that I was going to be real savvy. Uh, I knew there wasn't going to be much shelf phone reception. So I bought a, a Garmin GPS unit before I did. Uh, But got up there, and it just became useless because it didn't have any maps for Alaska. (laughs) So uh, fortunately, once you leave the airport, there's only two directions you can go. You can either go towards Anchorage or the other way. (laughs) And so I headed out the other way until I I, I ran into IELTS and Air Force Base and probably got there between 2 and 3 in the morning. They put me up in a house, and I I reported to Zee the next day to try to figure out what was going on. Uh, What ended up happening is... Uh, they had a critical deficit left by um, a, a pharmacist that they had there that had to leave on, on short notice, and they were coming into the big red flag exercises that they do every year up there, where um, joint multi exercises where, you know, you can have, I don't know what the, the normal numbers are, but I think some of our exercises had nine different nations um, involved in, and so they, they needed someone up there to fill uh, the, the DNT flight commanders is what it's called, so anything that's over pharmacy, lab, and radiology. So I got to work with um, a lot of Southeast Asian countries, so I think we had Japan, Taiwan, um, and uh, uh, plus a bunch of fighter jets and, and A-10 crews and stuff from all over the U.S. military all came up to play some kind of war games up there, and, and we all kind of worked together and to go through the exercises and I got to work specifically with some units from Japan on making sure that they got their F-16s back to Japan all in one trip. And, um, we got a, some really cool interactions, experiences, and, and, uh, I've just an all around awesome time while I was up there.
1: Wow. Yeah. That sounds like it.
2: Uh, there was another, uh, experience and, and we'll probably go into it more, but, um, we had that, that African Lion deployment last year, which was uh, a, a, an awesome experience. And that was one that, you know, the, the Utah Guard typically goes on. But they needed some help, I think, because their surf p unit was going through an ex-eval and uh, reached out to our unit in Colorado, got a group of us involved. And, and uh, that was a, you know, we got one email that said, are you interested? And as soon as we replied, yes. And then they, they kind of sent us on our way pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so you know, it wasn't the, the most notice that we got, but man, it was it was a pretty awesome experience. You guys at the Utah Guard were great. Um, I just I don't think I had anybody that wasn't welcomed welcoming to me out there. They're just a great bunch of people, and and we got to do a pretty cool thing there, working kind of that rural healthcare mission in in uh, eastern Morocco, which was was awesome in itself
1: yeah yeah for sure that's uh definitely an experience that i i won't forget and that's a good segue we can kind of talk about that a little bit so um we myself and major bryant we uh were in charge of basically setting up a little i don't know how would you best describe it like a a basically a small community pharmacy like a miniature community pharmacy essentially
2: yeah it was you know you're General outpatient meds, uh, you know, there's some services that were, were outside of general, but they, yeah, I would say a community type pharmacy in a tent in the desert.
1: Yeah, yeah, middle of the desert. We
2: do need to back up just a little bit because when I came on, I thought I was the only pharmacist, and I was told that I didn't have any other pharmacy staff. Oh, really? So like, I think, I think there's this guy that's a pharmacy technician. Not with the military, but I think he, he knows some pharmacy, and uh, that's when I, you know, started to, uh, asking around everybody because you know we weren't introduced I don't think until we probably were actually in Tata together. Yeah, um, and so so that whole trip leading up, I was asking everybody. I was like, does anybody know this pharmacy tech that we supposedly have here? And <laughs> am I going to have some help? <laughs> so I was, when, when I finally came in contact with you, it was. It was Uh, A big uh, load off my plate uh, as far as what I, you know, had for expectations because uh, um, you were kind of this mythical uh, helper that I didn't know if I actually had or not (laughs) uh, until the day came.
1: That's funny. I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought. uh, I thought that they'd they'd briefed you a little bit before. Yeah. I. so at the time, I, you know, uh, I had barely decided that I wanted to go into pharmacy. And so um, I had gotten my technician license uh, like the year before. And uh, I, I only worked in a pharmacy for maybe three or four months. And then I stopped and I, I didn't do anything pharmacy related until that deployment. Actually, um, I, I'd gotten into school already. Yeah. So, uh, I was, I was also in a medical squadron, um, but doing more of, uh, like patient intake stuff, you know, uh, front, front desk check-in type of thing, administration. And so, um, in my squadron, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to yours where it's just a small little clinic. Um, uh, for those listening, and we can kind of talk about this later too, uh, the military, it's it's a unique beast. Um, it's not, you know, just cut and dried. So in, in in terms of pharmacy, you know, not everywhere that there's an Air Force base uh, or a military base are you going to have, you know, a nice set up pharmacy to, to do stuff. It just kind of depends on where you're at. And so, yeah, my squadron uh, was just, you know, we didn't have a pharmacy. There's no, there's no... Uh, afsc for for that and uh but when we started to go on this trip one thing that's cool about the military especially with these small you know humanitarian missions that you get to do uh they kind of just take who they have and especially being a member of the national guard um you're not that's not a full-time job like it is being in the active duty military it uh you're you're a part-time airman and so you usually go one weekend a month um to to serve in the military and then the other time you're you're just you're just you you know out in the out in the out in the world doing whatever job you do so they'll they'll put these missions together and and you know just take who they have and if they say yep we need a doctor we need a, a pharmacist you know we need a, a rad tech we need this and that you know whoever has experience they'll kind of take and and just put to work so yeah, I uh I just spoke up. I this was the first time that they said uh we're going to implement a pharmacy in the mission cuz I had gone the year before also and that they didn't have that. It was uh I don't even know what they did for for the medicine actually. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't involved in that at all. Yeah, um especially now after after having done that, that was that was a lot of work. We worked really, really hard. We were we were doing, what? how many hours a day do you think we were doing, like 14, 14-hour 14 days?
2: Yeah, at least because the, the clinic was eight, um, give or take. And then, you know, we were the first ones on site and the last ones to leave uh, just yep. because you know, yep. the pharmacy took so much extra logistics and manpower compared to every other portion of the hospital.
1: Yep. Yep, that's true. So uh, to to put things in perspective, let me I'll give a quick rundown of what we did. So uh, myself and Major Bryant, we were kind of the American pharmacy team um, on this mission. We uh, were fortunate enough to be able to work with uh, Moroccan uh, military members who who also had a a, well, there's more of them than there were of of the two of us. Um, They they honestly did most of the of the brute force work and, and a lot of the clinical work. Um, but you know, basically our mission was to set up this tent and we had boxes and box, I, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many, you know, units of medication we got. It was, so we'd set up this tent and this metal, these metal shelves, you know, metal shelving tables, whatever. And, and, the operation grew over you know throughout the the week and or two weeks that we were there as we started to learn what worked and what didn't. But yeah, essentially we we were tasked with setting up a pharmacy in a tent in the middle of the uh, the hot desert, you know, wind whipping sand into our face every day and being dehydrated and stuff, and serving uh, you know, community members of the of the region we were at. Uh, you know give it, getting them the medication that they need for for whatever you know the doctors prescribed to them and uh, it was uh man that was that was a mountain to climb if I have ever seen one before
2: and it would have been enough on its own just as it was but not only did we have the logistics of it and, and when he, we say we were busy we were dispensing between two to three thousand medications a day which is outrageous by any, any you know, United States uh, standards. But we did it with all the medicines bought within country. So all of our labels were either in Arabic or French. We didn't have anything English. Some of the medications don't even exist in the United States, aren't FDA approved. So we didn't know that. And with our, so we had to coordinate everything with our Moroccan counterparts who either spoke Arabic, French, or Berber. Couple of them spoke English. a Couple of them better than others, (laughs) and then uh, (laughs) you know all the patient population was mostly Arabic or Berber. Uh, um, A few of them, especially the younger kids, were more likely to speak French. But um, I'll put a uh, a plug in for your host. Um, More so than most, uh, Tyler there was uh, learning some Arabic. You were you were actually communicating to some of the locals and in Arabic and, 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 and helping people understand how to take it and how many times a day, pretty, pretty basic and rudimentary, but you were really, uh, immersing yourself into that experience.
1: It's, it's true. It was, uh, it was, you know, it, standing back. Cause I remember the first, the first few days, you know, we, we'd kind of figured out, okay, we want to put the drugs here and, and we were kind of figuring out the flow of, of when the patients would come in and, you know, hand us their little, wadded up paper, uh, prescription, big, huge air quotes around that, by the way, if you, you can't see that over, but, uh, you know, scribbled in, in, in sometimes Arabic, sometimes English, you know, what medication to give them and trying to decipher all of that. And then, you know, these people that we would serve, uh, getting the medication, I mean, you know, uh, just very humble and, and, you know, very rural people, uh, that, you know, we, we had no idea about people's education level, if they could read, if they could, you know, speak things like that, uh, with a lot of, you know, diverse medical issues also. And so just the first couple of days, I just kind of would stand back and take it in. And then, you know, I, I just, I realized that there was a need, um, that we could we could fill in an opportunity to uh, help serve these people and so <laughs> I would I would rip off uh, I would rip off uh, parts of cardboard boxes that we'd have we'd get the medication in and just get a pen and uh, I would grab one of the Moroccan army people that we were with and I'd just ask them you know how do you say uh, take this with water how do you say this will make you poop how do you say this and that you know what I mean? And uh, th- they were more than happy to.
2: I still have a picture of your your cardboard labels. I, I was going through our pictures, and I still have all your little cheat sheets of, yeah. of communication on there. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun experience, and uh, I can't say that I I remember you know much of of what I learned to speak to people, but uh, it was definitely humbling and uh, an awesome opportunity to be able to branch out and and apply myself. Uh, even though at that time I, would barely gotten accepted to pharmacy school. So I wasn't technically an intern in the United States yet, you know, licensed, but, uh, it was very cool to be able to serve with major Bryant under his tutelage. And he was always there. I remember I would, we'd just be thronged with people, just hordes of people, you know, grab, trying to grab us and shove, you know, papers in our face saying, I need this, I need this. And uh, if you know, if I'd get overwhelmed or if I had a clinical question, you know, can you, can you inject Omeprazole into, into the abdomen? Because like Major Bryant said, some we had drugs, we had interesting drugs. Yeah, we had some interesting stuff uh, that, that people would people would need. And uh, anyway, I'd, I'd just look over my shoulder and Major Bryant would be there, you know, just standing there and, and or either talking to someone, and I'd just say, he's captain at the time uh, uh I'd say hey cap that was I, I don't know i don't know if he got annoyed with me saying that but uh I, i'd just say hey cap and he'd come right over and say oh yep this is what you need he was just so calm you were so calm and and professional you weren't overwhelmed i mean I, internally you were probably overwhelmed but you didn't let that show and uh yeah, so can you uh, just, let's let's get a little more specific. Can you kind of explain how that experience went for you and, uh, you know, things that you wish we would have done or, or um, things that you were proud of that we did do in terms of, like, a clinical perspective?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, things that uh, we did well, obviously, we like, we, we helped a ton of people, and we got— uh, uh, folks, at least, you know, um, an idea of some of their ailments that they're coming in. You know, these people don't get to see doctors; they don't get to see any kind of health professionals. And we can kind of show them that they could be helped, even though we we're there for just a short amount of time. Uh, we did work a lot with kind of the local liaisons to the governments or hospitals or, you know, folks within the provinces, and and uh, um, you know, at least. Showed a presence of that, that folks were out there, and that you know there is help for you know when people are feeling bad or uncomfortable. And uh, we were able to help a lot of people in a short amount of time. Um, we got a, it kind of that thing where you just get thrown into people or thrown into situations with you know people you don't know. You know, we had to work with all those uh, Moroccan folks that really didn't speak the same language as us, and, or they, they, they could speak our language a hell of a lot better than we could speak theirs, and uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, from day one, other than some uh, minor uh, discrepancies, we were able to pretty much all move in the same direction as one right off the bat, which just absolutely amazed me. Um, it was pretty interesting to see what, you know, at the basic level, we kind of get spoiled, I think, in the U.S. as far as what... What, what cares out there and what we do but you know what the needs of some of these uh, extremely rural and remote people are you know how exciting it was to see a pair of glasses to get a pair of glasses um, or just to even have somebody that would sit down and talk to you because some of them really as you remember didn't have a lot wrong with them but they just heard you could go and sit down and people would talk with you you know and, and you could you could say anything that you were interested about and they would uh, uh, listen to you. And so, you know, just having that kind of community involvement, I thought was awesome. Um, I do kind of wish, you know, now seeing what people's uh, needs were and what uh, the main focuses of disease from or, or ailments from some of the uh, smaller communities were, I wish we would have had a little more play into our our formulary. You know, we had a very limited, a very closed formulary to work from. And there's definitely some changes that I would make to that if I were to ever do something like that again. Uh, You know, not just to the type of medications that we carry on these missions, but also the quantities. I feel like we were probably a little lopsided in some medications where we could have used those funds towards others. Um, But otherwise you know for for basically the setup that we had and the the resources that we had it was pretty amazing and this this pharmacy i don't know how much uh, was such on it serviced an entire field hospital where they were doing uh, minor surgeries tooth extractions vision exams where they're handing out glasses woman's health cardiology i mean we had a little bit of everything it was pretty amazing to see everything come together and and we were the only pharmacy resource for all those different parts so I thought it was just like one of the most like absolute chaotic but but on task situations that I've ever been a part of and and I think everybody you know came out of it having a good time you know as far as the mission there you know it, it, a, there weren't any huge hiccups uh, for uh, what we were doing in the tents there, things flowed. You know, we ran out of medications. So that was just by volume. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, yeah, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty amazing experience all the way around on that.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. We uh, we could probably do, you know, a, a whole series about that experience. But uh, I think it's important to kind of keep things, you know personal and just kind of recollect on them for yourself and, and think about how cool they were. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely agree with you. One of the most humbling things that I remember was, uh, and kind of saddening too, was, uh, our tent, our pharmacy tent was, it was, so this field hospital was kind of built in like a U shape. If you guys can imagine this. And the pharmacy tent was the very last tent that everyone would hit before they would, you know, hit the road. And, uh, so to give you a perspective of numbers, we, I think if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we treated, or I think I, not pharmacy specifically, but total number of people that were seen at this field hospital was between 10 and 15,000. I think it was maybe like 12,000. Do you remember that right?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, it was, I think just over 12, between 12 and 13 through the yeah. time we were there.
1: But we, we were
2: we averaged a little over 1,000 a day, I believe, on uh, but especially
1: by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So so for you people who work in pharmacy, try and imagine that, seeing a 1,000 people a day. And I, I dare say, I, and I wouldn't say that every single person left with a medication, but I remember in the last couple of days of the deployment, the uh, the Moroccan general, he would come into the pharmacy and help because by that time everybody knew that the pharmacy was the place to be. That, that was where the most people happened. And I remember him looking at us and saying, um, I don't care what these people leave with. They need to leave with something. And <laughs> how? How? What was your take on that? Because I, I imagine, as you know, being a U.S. based pharmacy manager, like you've done in your past, uh, that that doesn't fly. <laughs> it doesn't work like that.
2: <laughs> and and it, it, it's definitely different. And the more you do military missions, you know, not to say that we're uh, do anything outside of uh, legal parameters, but we do get very creative um, as far as what we do, especially when we're outside of U.S. soil. Just you know, with resources and and with these humanitarian missions, you know, uh, our, our purpose is to take care of the people. And you know, sometimes, like I said, they're just we're wanting somebody to pay attention to them, talk to them, and if that meant. Uh, handing out some over-the-counter medications to them just so they didn't feel like they were walking away empty-handed when their friend had a pair of glasses and stomach medication and all that. You know, if you could get them out with some multivitamins or some ibuprofen or something and uh, uh, send them a little happier down the road, like make them feel like they've been cared for. You know, you, you can kind of feed the spirit even just by that uh, that that thought of, um, you know, they're they did something for me, even if, you know, we really didn't do anything in our eyes that special it ultimately made a big effect on the people that were on the receiving end of that
1: yeah yeah for sure um so i I, in terms of that i wanted to ask you well i'll just say for for those listening for when you go throughout your pharmacy career uh it would behoove you to have that that kind of caregiver mindset Kind of like how we had to do not not in terms like you said, not in terms of, you know, breaking the law and just handing medication out so that people feel good. But uh, when you treat people and when you're talking to people, when you're interacting with them in whatever type of pharmacy you're going to work at, you know, hospital, clinical, small community, whatever, um, that's. That's ultimately your main goal is to take care of your patient, and you know if it involves just talking to them as a normal person and not trying to figure out what medication they need, but just or just being a pair of listening ears. That's the kind of stuff that makes all the difference. Um, Have you after after our trip, Major Bryant? Did you kind of were you able to come back and kind of apply that anything you learned like that to your practice?
2: Oh yeah, because you know we get so caught up here, um, you know, especially working, if you, if you go into a retail pharmacy, there's so many metrics uh, that, that, you know, your district managers are harping on. You know, they have all the MTM stuff, all the outcomes, and everything is a forced perspective. Um, it's really kind of nice to get a step back and and rediscover the natural perspective of healthcare, which is, I kind of feel like what what we were doing out there, because you're out there with this is what you get, take care of these people. And then and then you're just released on your own. You know, you don't have to say, well, this person is eligible for this kind of, of you know, whatever for insurance reimbursement. And it, it, regardless of if that patient actually needs talking to or not. So we were able to just take away all the the kind of the money-driven aspect of it and really just do the health care aspect of it. And it's really a breath of fresh air to get back in that environment from time to time because uh, we do get a veer away from that sometime, especially when um, retail or, or corporate systems kind of get involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, much agreed. Um, well, I, I I, honestly didn't plan on talking about that uh, deployment as much as we have, but I'm, I'm glad to, it kind of went in that direction, to be honest, because it was good to, you know, kind of – uh, un- unpack all the feelings and stuff that I've had about it and the thoughts that I've had about it. And it's, uh, like you said, I, it was just me and major Bryant, you know, uh, obviously we had our other units with us, but for the most part of every day for, you know, two upwards of two and a half weeks, it was just me and him, you know?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. It was a good time
1: though. It's uh, good stuff. We go back yeah. in a
2: heartbeat. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would too.
2: So one thing that I find very interesting about military pharmacy, one, you know, there's there's the three medical branches of military: Air Force, Army, and Navy. I'm I'm definitely partial to the Air Force way of things, but they they do operate very differently. And and for folks that are a little unsure under what type of pharmacy to go to, the military offers a very interesting route onto that. So not only do you not really get a, a choice into your location, and you know, the military is going to place you where the military feels they need you. So, you know, I had no plans on going out to Northern California for my first base, but that's where the, the need was, so that's where they sent me. Uh, the other side of that is, you don't know what kind of pharmacy you're getting thrown into. So we saw that on that on our uh, uh, Morocco TDY. We didn't really know until we got there, but. With the military, they can give you one assignment where you're working in your normal uh, ambulatory community-style clinic. They throw you in the next assignment and you're doing more clinical stuff, even still on the ambulatory side. They throw you in your next assignment. You could be in the hospital pharmacy, completely different avenue with uh, really no other experience or anything needed. If there's a spot that needs to be filled there, that's where they put you. Um, Interesting thing with all this, Covid stuff going on, so I'm a uh, outpatient pharmacist uh, traditionally. You know, that's my, my main area of focus. I do disaster relief when I'm putting on the uniform, but there is talk about setting up some of these uh, stand-up arena hospitals to offset patient load in different states as they handle uh, the the covid crisis that we have going on. And if I got uh, activated for that. I would probably be the director of a inpatient pharmacy, hmm. and they just say, you know, we're we're activating in a week, and that's where you go. So really, one thing that's interesting is you get the opportunity to be more. I feel like well-rounded as a pharmacist going in through military routes. You know, so sometimes you might call it the jack of all trades, master of none, because you know every few years your job is getting changed, but you really get to see nearly every aspect of pharmacy. Um, And not only do you get to see all the different traditional areas, uh, military pharmacy is much more progressive as far as pharmacist capabilities. So whereas, like I said, I was a clinical pharmacist, pharmacists are and have been um, fully credentialed providers in clinics in the military for many years, um, working right alongside the doctors basically functioning in a, Mid-level capacity under a protocol physician, but setting the appointments, seeing the patients, prescribing the medications—actually, like diving into disease state management—as our education now is appropriate to. So it's it's really a a very unique form of pharmacy that we don't get to see on the civilian side as much because it's not it's it very much. Uh, a more diverse atmosphere and a more progressive atmosphere as far as the job. So you really get to see what this job could be and what pharmacy could be if you release some of our other, you know, regulatory constraints as far as, you know, provider status and things like that. And uh, you really get to feel like you're always a direct part of healthcare, not just kind of in the same Monday, uh, day in, day out kind of a job. It's, It's really a exciting career field, if, if you have the um, kind of stomach for the movement and travel aspect of it, it's, it's kind of a, an opportunity unlike anything else when you go into military healthcare.
1: For sure. I would second that in a heartbeat. Um, and I definitely appreciate everything that you do. Uh, you know, I can't I can't thank you enough for everything that you taught me and the good example that you were for me and a good mentor and, and leader. And uh, I'm sure that your airmen feel the same way about you and and you know people in your community for everything that you do. So I, I, uh, uh, I'd salute you. i air salute. <laughs> give you give you a solid air salute there. Um, I would just second what what Major Brian is saying. Uh, your experience may differ, but I think the core attributes that the Um, that you can learn being a great pharmacist like major Bryant and, and as well, uh, you know, serving in the military, if you choose to go that route, you're going to learn great things. And if you let it, it'll, it'll, it'll help you to become a, an excellent person, someone that can excel. And as you've seen from major Bryant's, uh, comments, if you, as you've heard, uh, this can open doors to a lot of awesome experiences. Uh, both within the military and and outside in the civilian world, that that uh, you probably wouldn't expect. So, um, I think it's a it's a great option. It's it's definitely one that I'm uh, I'm heavily considering right now myself. Is is kind of following in the footsteps of Major Bryant, and uh, and serving our country as a pharmacist in the Air Force. Um, so, if you're interested in that. Uh, One of the things that you can do is uh, just get on the good old Internet and and look up the uh, health profession scholarship program. I was doing a little bit of research of it uh, on it myself yesterday. Um, You can read a little bit about it. There's uh, the Air Force that does it. uh, The Navy does it as well. Look into it. um, Get in touch with a recruiter. um, And then, you know, they can explain they can explain kind of the details uh, of it to you well guys uh thank you for thank you for listening and and I'd love to thank major Bryant one more time for being on the show today and sharing his insights and uh from me and and all of my listeners we we salute you and we we're very grateful for your service to our country and to you know the the communities where you live and and all the lives that you've touched so thank you once again yep
2: thank you I appreciate it
1: all right, guys, uh, stay tuned for some more episodes uh, coming in the future. We've got some, some awesome pharmacists to talk to and uh, some more tips and tricks about, about pharmacy school. Thanks for being loyal listeners, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.